all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, professor of internal medicine and pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Southern Remedy, Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. As always on this show, we're going to talk today about how you can invest in your health and wellness. And so we'd love to hear from you today and take your questions regarding how to stay healthy and fit or get healthy and fit. Email us fit at mpbonline.org. And while we wait on some callers to join us today, I want to kick off the conversation um, in talking about the importance of balance. And I don't mean balance like not falling over, although that is very important in overall health and wellness as well. But I want to talk about a balanced lifestyle and what that means and why that's something that we should really be promoting more and focusing more on. And I've talked about it here or there um, during uh, some of the other shows and kind of introduced that topic, but I really want to kind of drill down into um, what I mean by the concept of balance. And so what I want us to start with is kind of the notion of perfection. And I think if if most of us were asked, you know, are we trying to live a, a perfect life? Most people would say no. But when we start to try and work on our nutrition or our physical activity or stress or our sleep or any facets of our lifestyle, we tend to paint them as an all or nothing type of thing. Um, and that is largely due to or, or partially due to kind of diet culture and kind of the rules we put around food as well as a lot of the misinformation that's out there related to uh, to food. You know, as long as I've been doing this show and I've probably the one thing I've said the most often is fruit is okay and you can eat fruit. Um, that's still a question I get almost every single day in clinic is, well, I thought I couldn't have fruit because it has too much sugar in it. And so I'm going to keep talking about it. Yes, you can have fruit and I'll talk about how that fits in a balanced lifestyle. But perfection is often the poison to building a healthy, sustainable um, lifestyle. And when I say the word lifestyle, I mean the things that we do on a daily basis, how much we sleep, what our stress levels are and our ability to manage that stress and kind of bounce back from uh, those potholes that life throws us from time to time, um, you know, what what we are consuming and how much um, activity we're doing, all of those things add up into um, a balanced lifestyle. And if you kind of Google all which 
is almost never a good idea. But if you just Google um, what, you know, what a healthy lifestyle is, you're going to see this fairly stringent list of requirements that you have to do. Like you're supposed to be getting this amount of water per day and having this many fruits and this many vegetables and this many ounces of lean protein and, you know, this amount of physical activity each day and, you know, doing daily meditation and having good stress levels and then sleeping seven to nine hours. And when you step back at that, that can be really overwhelming. And we may try to kind of initially set that into place, but when we make it again an all or a none kind of situation, or you know, I have to have these behaviors in place to be healthy, um, we're really setting ourselves up for for non-sustainable um, lifestyle factors, and ultimately, um, I don't like the word failure, but ultimately failing in trying to implement all of those things, especially if we try and do it all at once. Right. So the way I like to start in building balance is to start with what healthy means to you. Right. Not what healthy means to me or what healthy means for your neighbor or your um, significant other or your kid or, you know, your coworker. Everybody's um, definition of healthy can be different. Right. Um if you have a lot of chronic um, disorders, right? Healthy for you may be getting control of those, even still on medications, right? But just getting your numbers under control where your blood pressure is good and your blood sugar is good and your cholesterol is at goal, right? For someone else, it may be getting those numbers um, under control and being off of medications, uh, for some people, it may be a task that they have not been able to do. Right? I work with lots of patients and lots of different um, degrees of, um, of, of disease. And I have a, a lovely patient who her goal was going to be to be able to bend over and tie her shoes. Right. And so that was really important for her and her health journey was just to be able to get there. So it doesn't have to be. Um, numbers on a scale or numbers on a blood pressure machine or a glucometer or in blood tests, um, you get to build what healthy means uh, for you and what you value and what is important to you. Because if it's not important to you, then ultimately it's not in balance if you're spending all of your energy and focus trying to get there. Right. So when we're in balance with a healthy lifestyle, our actions help support the goal that we want to be. But no one action is more important than the other. Right. When I'm talking about uh, a balanced lifestyle, I like to picture a table. And so if you if you will indulge me for a minute, let's all think of a table in our head. Now, it's a very specific table. It's not a round table. It's not a square table. It's a rectangular shaped table. I don't care how big you want to make it, but it's rectangular shaped. And there are four legs to it. Okay. And each one of those legs, I want to assign a lifestyle factor to. Right. So one is nutrition or what we consume. Um, you can also lump you know, tobacco and alcohol into that, things we consume. Um, movement is one of the other legs. Uh, stress and social connection is the third leg. And then sleep is leg four, 
right? So when we have all of those things in place, we have a fairly steady, balanced table. Now think back to the last restaurant you went to and you sat down at the table and you put your elbows on it and it went, you know, and just weebled, right? That table's out of balance. So if we invest uh, in one area of our lifestyle more than we do others, all right, or we pr- place greater emphasis in trying to be perfect in one particular area, it's like shortening the leg on the table, okay? So that when you sit down, it, it weeble wobbles, right? And it's not a nice balanced table. And we can actually get to the point where we sacrifice one of those um, legs so much that it's gone. So imagine if we just focused on the things that we consumed and our exercise, but we didn't focus on um, sleep, right? And we lost that leg. That table is going to partially fall down. If we left stress off of that as well, now we only have half a table. The rest of it's on the ground. So when you're building a healthy lifestyle pattern, we don't have to have perfect legs, but we need to have balanced legs of the table so that our table is firm and nice and steady. And what I want you to think about is being less than perfect is okay, right? And while ultimately I want you to work on all four of those legs, if all of them are messed up, right, then we start repairing one at a time. We don't have to build a whole table from scratch, right? So you know, is being less than perfect okay? Well, you know, I always like to go to what does the science tell me, right? What is, what is out there in terms of um, our knowledge base around the importance of healthy behaviors? And I always talk about the level of evidence that I'm that I'm pulling from, right? Whether this is just one little study that somebody has done with not a lot of folks, or whether it's the kind of the top layer of um, evidence, um, like a meta-analysis. That's a big sciencey word. And that's actually what this is, that looked at over half a million people. So now we've got lots of studies, because that's what a meta-analysis is. It's lots of studies with similar characteristics that are pooled together. And then the statistical analysis is done on that pooling of the data. Um, and a half a million folks, so a lot of people. And from lots of different countries. So we looked that it was people in the US, people in Europe, people China, Japan. So we've got a good representation of around the world as well. And they followed these people for 13 years. So a good long evaluation as well. And what they looked at was the association between the number of healthy lifestyle factors and all cause mortality. So dying of of anything, right? And they identified four healthy behaviors, right? One was a normal weight. One was not smoking. One was being physically active for 30 minutes a day. And the other was no more than moderate consumption of alcohol. And if we just had one, our mortality was reduced by 28%. If we had two, it was 42%, three, 54%, four, 66%, right? So any movement in in building a strong table counts, right? But when we get all legs in balance is when we get the biggest bang for our buck in terms of mortality reduction. But we just want to start. And again, starting with that, what is important to you and what healthy means for you? 
You're listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm Josie Bidwell, nurse practitioner at UMMC. And today we're talking about how to be healthy, how to have a balanced, healthy lifestyle. And we've got open lines. I'd love to talk with you guys today about maybe how you've found balance in your life in terms of adding in healthy habits or where you're struggling and see if we can kind of help you along that way. And you can always email us fit at mpbonline.org. So before the break, I introduced the concept of balance and what that means in terms of making sure that we don't um, put one particular area of our lifestyle up on a pedestal and try and be perfect in that one area um, because we're usually going to sacrifice something in the other areas. So setting more kind of realistic, reasonable goals in the in the different areas of our lifestyle is a much more balanced, sustainable way to build a healthy pattern than if we just focus all of our energy on nutrition or on physical activity, et cetera, et cetera. So I want to spend a little bit of time talking about imbalanced intake and what I mean by imbalanced intake. Normally, when you hear the word balanced nutrition or balanced intake, we think of how much of something we're doing, right? How much soda we're drinking or how much water we have or the number of fruits and vegetables that we have or how many times we go to fast food, all of these different kinds of things. And that's not really what I'm talking about in terms of balanced uh, intake. So now there's a balanced plate and we've talked a lot about how to balance your plate. And that does talk about how much of each kind of thing you have on your plate at a time. But in terms of balanced intake, what I'm trying to get you to kind of embrace is this notion of good enough, right? Um, And making the best decision we can at a given time. So that we don't sacrifice our mental health or our physical energy or our sleep on trying to be um, super perfect in our intake. And when we're working on trying to find balance, one of the things I ask my patients is I don't say, tell me what you're eating. I'll say, tell me how you feel about what your intake is. And that can kind of sound kind of kind of soft and fluffy. Like, how do you feel? But literally, how do you feel about the way you're eating? Are you satisfied with the way that you're eating? Or do you wish you could eat another way, right? And oftentimes that may be that we, you've put a lot of restrictions about around what you're able to eat. And you're not satisfied with that because you really like this other food that you've put into the no-no category, right? Or, the, or you've put a restriction around it. And that's often not going to be balanced, right? So um, some of the, the more common ones that I see um, are, are restrictions like no sugar. I see a lot of folks um, posting online that they're giving up sugar or um, they have, they're not, you know, they've eliminated sugar from their diet. And to be truly completely refined sugar free is very difficult, right? Um, And then also, what does no sugar mean to you? Are we talking added sugars, like sugars in um, cookies, cakes, pies, um, even our breads and things like that? Or are we talking about all sugar, right? Because you need some glucose to to run 
your brain. So complete elimination of any type of sugar is way far on the this is not the the healthy train that we want to be on, right? But if we're talking about no added sugars, right, again, putting that word no or none in front of it is a, a kind of a dangerous step of pushing you in into being out of balance with something because there may be something that you have to give up from one of the other um kind of foundational pieces of lifestyle when you put such a rigid mark around you. Now, that being said, there is not one specific set of lifestyle factors that is going to work for every single human being. There are people that I I know personally that have no added sugar in their diet, right? And that works for them and they're able to keep their other um, parts of their lifestyle in balance with that. What becomes a problem is when we start to sacrifice some of our other areas of lifestyle in order to achieve this um, something that we've put on a pedestal, right? And so sugar is just one example of it. Some of the other ones that I see are things like um, only buying only organic, right? Um, no fast food or takeout. And then as much as I love a plant-based diet, um Putting the the notion that I'm only going to be 100% vegan around my diet was not ultimately the right way to keep myself in balance. And I had to experiment with these kinds of things and see not what I was eating, but how I felt about the way I was eating. So an example of that is... um, you know, a vegan diet is no animal products, right? So um, no butter, no eggs, no cheese, no dairy, um, no chicken stock, beef stock, any of that kind of stuff. Um, and so while at home, I usually don't cook with animal products. Like I use veggie stock. I use olive oil as my main fat. Um, if I need a, um, a solid fat, There are little vegan butters out there. I try not to do a lot of those. But to think about trying to eat out as a complete vegan, it stressed me out more, right? Trying to make sure that, um, you know, there were separate fryers for different things or prep surfaces for different things. Or if I ordered a veggie plate, was were those greens sauteed with chicken stock or were they sauteed with veggie stock? And I'm not saying you can't do that. You absolutely can. Um, And if that fits with your health goals, go for it. But it actually started to lead to me not socializing as much, right? Like not wanting to go to parties, go to events, go out to eat with friends because I was fixated on, will there be anything that I can eat there? And what really got me is I sat down at a restaurant and I looked and I was like, well, the only thing on this menu that's vegan is French fries. And... I thought, if I didn't put these restrictions around what I'm eating, what would I have chosen off of this menu? And it was a veggie plate is what I would have chosen. And it was delicious, right? And so the vitamins and minerals that I got from those veggies were the win in my book versus the fried item that quote unquote met the vegan guideline, right? So that's what I'm talking about in terms of balance. Um, When we put restrictions like no fast food or takeout, again, what part of our lifestyle are we kind of sacrificing for that, right? Because if we're not going to use fast food or takeout, 
something's got to give somewhere else, right? Usually a little bit of a time investment, um, more meal planning, more grocery shopping, more prepping and cooking at home, which may fit beautifully into your lifestyle. It does not into mine because, again, I'm going to spend less time with my kids, right, and less time on my physical activity because I'm spending more time in the kitchen and shopping and prepping and all of those different kinds of things. So instead of saying no fast food or takeout, I've given myself permission to do those things, but just because I go to takeout doesn't mean I have to get a double quarter pounder, large fries, and a soft drink, right? I do have control over what I eat there and can make the better choice at that particular restaurant that I go, right? And we keep a, a like a running list of areas that um, or restaurants that I know I can get a well um, well balanced plate meal at. And so that way I'm able to incorporate some of those things into uh, my overall lifestyle without kind of letting it derail the the whole event, right? Um, The same deal when we mentioned like only organic foods, right? Are you going to have to go to multiple stores to get all the things that you need um, if we're making kind of a a list of saying I'm only going to buy organic? Um, And you may, and that may not bother you. You may have the time and energy to be able to do that. In my life, I'm, again, striving for that balance. And so I want to make sure that I only got to go to one store to get all the things that I need to get on my list. Um, Because, again, I'm going to sacrifice something from another area, right? The kind of last piece to think about when we're talking about um, balanced intake is um, what like what happens if you're not perfect, right? If something slips up. So um, back in the beginning of January, I was sick as a dog. I don't know what it was, um, just the crud that was going around. And I had a wonderful meal plan created. I was sick, right? And so I wasn't able to implement all of those things that I wanted to do, right? So we did more takeout and more easy to grab things and, and you know, little more snacky type foods to be able to, um, to nourish my body while I was feeling sick. But when that week of being ill was over with, right, I didn't let that slide me back into eating takeout five days a week and not being physically active and all of those different kinds of things. So I think you have to ask yourself when you're trying to build a balanced lifestyle, is putting this restriction around the, this particular way of eating healthy for the long term? Am I going to be able to balance this within my life for the long term? Do I see myself eating this way 5, 10, 15 years from now? And am I happy with that, right? Again, not about what we're eating, but about how we feel with that, because food shouldn't make you miserable. Um, Another example of that, and actually a friend just sent this to me um, this morning as I posted on Facebook, um, how are you investing in yourself um, this week? What are you going to do today to invest in your health? And she posted that um, she was making sure she got her water intake in. And kudos there. I'm really proud of you for that. And I said, any tips on doing it? And she said, you know, she's got a reminder app that that reminds her to drink. Um, And she finds not using like the big jugs of water um, 
but using the small bottles as more effective for her because she gets discouraged when she sees sees this big amount. But I would push you a little bit further and say, why are you drinking that amount of water? Right. Are you happy with your level of hydration there or are you miserable because you're running back and forth to the potty all the time? Right. And it's not that I don't want you to drink your water, but maybe we want to do it a little bit more gradually. I see a lot of people go from having like a half a cup of water a day to trying to drink eight glasses of water a day. And that's going to make you have to go to the bathroom a lot very quickly. And so if that is interrupting your day and your ability to carry on your activities, then again, that's kind of chunking you out of balance a little bit. And so what if we make a more reasonable goal to go maybe to two glasses of water a day and let your body get used to that and gradually step it up so that you get used to having to go to the bathroom a little bit more frequently and you're not just running all the time, right? Um, Because we don't want you to be miserable. When you're miserable and you resent the change that you've put in place, and that's a big concept to think about. When you resent the things that you are working on, that does not lead to balance and does not lead to sustainability. And that's the only thing that I want for you is to build lifestyle habits that are there for the long haul that you are going to be doing tomorrow and next week and the next week and years on down the road, not just for a challenge or a jump start, or some particular um, you know, set of time that you've put around something, but things that you can enjoy for your lifetime. This is Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, and I'm your host, Josie Bidwell, nurse practitioner at UMMC. And today we're talking about balanced, healthy lifestyles, and I'm always open to taking your questions, comments, and calls about any aspect of your health and wellness. All right, we talked about balanced intake before the break, and we actually did have a question that came in that asked about that organic food. And was there anything nutritionally superior about organic food? And my response to that is it depends on what your definition of nutrition means, right? But in terms of calorie content, no. Um, So calories are the same across organic versus non-organic. Um, one of the biggest predictor of the actual nutrient content, and so when I'm talking about nutrient, I'm talking like all the little micronutrients and vitamins and minerals that are in things. The biggest determinant of that is the level of ripeness um, that that um, product was allowed to achieve on the vine or on the tree or in the ground, right? So that's why I often talk about um, uh, frozen or canned food may be more nutrient dense than a fresh item if it's out of season for that item, right? Um, that's why I pretty much don't have fresh tomatoes on anything during the winter. One, they taste real sad, um, and that does not make me happy. Um, and two, the the good nutrients that I'm trying to get out of that tomato are not um not at their peak level because they're out of season, right? And so they weren't allowed to kind of um, ripen the way we would want them to. So a canned tomato, um, low sodium variety is going to be more nutrient packed in terms of the lycopene content and that kind of stuff that I'm trying to get from the tomato. So in terms of picking organic foods, 
You have to decide what matters for you and what will keep you in balance, right? And so if you've got the funds to buy only organic and it's not a hassle for you to locate and find those foods and make them fit into your um, your kind of your lifestyle and your, your um, nutrition plan, go for it, right? If you can't find them or you can't afford them, don't let um, that stop you from eating fruits and vegetables, right? Because we have to eat something. And so if we're going to give up fruits and vegetables because we can't afford the organic versions, then we're usually going to slide over into some type of packaged or or processed product that's probably, it may be organic. There's organic everything now, but there's all kinds of other stuff in there that we don't necessarily need because the organic label is just kind of referring to the farming practices and how um, any pesticides that are used or fertilizers um, that are used. So an organic um, Cheeto, which I think they have those, um, is is not better than a non-organic Uh, apple in terms of the nutrient content there. Um, My rule of thumb in dealing with or trying to decide when I buy something organic or not um, is, am I going to eat the outside of it? Right. Like I'm going to eat the peel of it. So grapes. Yes, I'm going to eat the peel on the grape because I'm not I'm not peeling grapes. That is not balanced. Um, So I try to buy the organic grapes when I can, right? But if I really want grapes this week and they're not, there's no organics there, they're all sold out, whatever, I'm just going to buy what I have available to me and I'm going to soak and rinse them really well, which usually means um, for me soaking in um, cool water with some white vinegar in there to kind of take that waxy um, coating off the outside and any of the um, surface uh, debris and dirt on there and, you know, rinsing them about three times and then letting them dry completely, which is what I did yesterday. My kitchen was a was a grape factory. I, I got lots of grapes yesterday. So that's what I mean by balance, right? Just trying to make it fit in um, with your life. Okay. Now, the kind of next piece I want to talk about is balance in terms of physical activity. Okay. And all you have to do is go on social media to see multiple different types of um, folks sharing their physical activity plans, right? And I can't emphasize enough that you do not need to copy someone else's physical activity plan, right? You have to do what is right for yourself in terms of your physical ability, your goals that you're wanting to achieve, and again, what won't make you miserable because the best physical activity is the one that you will do consistently and for a lifetime, right? It's one that you don't have to sacrifice other areas of your life to do, right? So in terms of physical activity, I don't want to see you adopt unrealistic routines because they're posted as a challenge in a particular group. Um, I actually um, was curious about this um, challenge that follows along with the book I was reading. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do that. And the very first um, exercise involved uh, burpees. Okay? Now, if you don't know what a burpee is, you do have my permission to Google that. Okay? Um, but it involves a lot of wrist work okay? where you have to go down on your wrist, almost like a little push up. I had surgery on my wrist a couple of years ago, and it's just not the same, right? Like I have rehabbed that wrist, but it is uncomfortable and painful. And so if a burpee is involved, Josie is not. 
Okay, I just that's not going to fit into a balanced physical activity plan for me. Now, I could still do that challenge. I would need to adapt that particular um, exercise to something else. Um, that may be hard for you to figure out how to adapt it if you're not sure what muscle groups are being worked and those different kinds of things. So building a plan that is not going to hurt you is super important, okay? And that is not unrealistic for your ability and for your current fitness level, right? The second part of balance that comes into play is the time of day. Because just like the different type of physical activity um, is the one that you will do consistently for a lifetime, the time of day that you exercise, the best time of day is the one that you will do. Right. So my very, very good friend, she gets up at 430 in the morning to work out and exercise. And that does not disrupt her um, sleep. She goes to bed earlier and is able to to get her hours of sleep that she needs to do. She's refreshed in the morning. She enjoys that physical activity and she kind of feels like that's a jump start to the day. If you tried to make me get up at 4.30 in the morning to exercise, something in my um, lifestyle is going to get out of balance. And it's it's going to be my sleep um, because I am uh, what you would call more of a night owl. Now, I don't stay up super late, but I do tend to do my best thinking in the evening. And so that's when I do a lot of my creative work. And it's also when I spend time with my kids and my husband and that kind of thing. So if I tried to back my bedtime, um, up enough that I could be up at 4.30 in the morning to exercise, that would be throwing me out of balance, right? I'd be sacrificing my sleep and I would be sacrificing my kind of social relationships with my family there. So that's just simply not the right time for me, all right? The best time for me is actually at the end of my day, um, at the end of my work day, before I get, you know, down into the nighttime routine of laundry and dishes and packing lunches and all that kind of stuff, that 30 to 45 minute um, span when we first get home is how I keep myself in balance in terms of being able to consistently exercise. So again, I'm going to ask you why you feel physical activity is important for you. Right. And why you're wanting to focus on physical activity, because if it's to look like one of the um, trainers on social media, they put in a whole lot more time than the 10, 15, 20 minute um, workout challenge that they're posting. They absolutely do those things, but they're also um, doing many other workouts during the day and different types of physical activity to maintain that type of physique that you're seeing. And if that is going to throw you out of balance, which for me, if I had to spend multiple hours a day on my um, physical activity and body, that would throw um really all of my um, other parts of my lifestyle out of balance and I'd wind up with a wonky table, right? Which is not what we want to focus on. So for me, my why in terms of physical activity is just to maintain my mobility and independence for as long as it can be, right? Because as we age, we want to think about things that keep you at home and independent for as long as possible. And so having full range of motion of your joints, 
And good, strong muscles are the things that are going to keep you from falling down and that are going to keep you being able to do things for yourself at home, like tying your shoes and brushing your hair and doing your dishes and your laundry and fixing your meals and those kinds of things. So that's why I'm physically active, not to look a certain way, but just to maintain my muscle mass, maintain my range of motion. And so just like I asked you, what happens if, um, when I were talking about nutrition, what happens if you're not able to eat the way that you had planned? The same deal on physical activity. So if you've signed up for a challenge or you've given yourself this really rigid workout plan and you're not able to do that, Uh, for whatever reason, maybe you got hurt, or uh, maybe you left your shoes at home or something like that. How do we stay in balance without just kind of throwing it completely out, right? I have um, uh, an ankle injury that I got going on right now. I sound like a mess. I'm not really a mess, but I do have an ankle injury. And so running is off the table for me right now. But that doesn't mean I can't do stationary bike and free weights, right? So when we give ourselves the freedom to make adjustments to our routine instead of rigid um, rules, we're much more likely to stay in balance and be able to carry out that lifestyle plan um, consistently day after day, year after year. You're listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at UMMC. And I've been talking today about the importance of finding balance when you are working on your lifestyle behaviors, right? On what you eat and drink and uh, how physically active you are in your sleep and your stress and all these things um, rolled up into one because we are not parts, right? Like we don't exist in um, somebody who just focuses on their nutrition. If we just focus on nutrition and we don't focus on the other parts of our lifestyle, we're out of balance. Or if we sacrifice um, some area of um, one area of our lifestyle to achieve um, quote unquote perfection in another area that does not lead to long term lasting sustainable health and wellness, which is what we're all striving for, right? Is to have good quality of life while we're here, right? Where we enjoy life, we're able to function um, and continue to do things for however much time we have here on this rock. So, Sleep is kind of the last area I want to talk about. And, you know, if you're a regular listener to the show, you know, I adore sleep and not just because it is my favorite hobby, but also it is extremely important um, for overall health and can when sleep is not um, balanced, it can really throw all of your other areas of lifestyle out of whack as well. And sleep is the one we tend to sacrifice the most, right? Think about that statement that I just said. When we are trying to work on other areas of our life, sleep is the one we let go of first, right? You got a big presentation at work, you stay up late to get it done. Um, your, Your kid comes home and says, hey, I gotta have 24 cupcakes for class tomorrow. And they always tell you at like 830 at night that that's gotta happen. You stay up late and get it done. Right. Um, 
And for an every now and then situation, that can be okay. One night of of less than great sleep is okay. But when it becomes a pattern that we're sacrificing our sleep to fit other things in, right, where we're staying up and meal prepping to get, you know, get a perfect nutritional um, plan together, or we're getting up super early in the morning to exercise um, without adjusting our bedtime to compensate for that. That is throwing us, um, throwing us out of whack, and is not contributing to balance. Right? For uh, me, my husband and I both work um, relatively late. Like we don't get home until about six. Um, I uh, do my exercise, get dinner ready, homework with the kids, that kind of stuff. And so we normally all the activities are done. Um, by around 8.30, and everybody's kind of settled, right? Um, if I prioritized getting up earlier in the morning, I would have to go to bed fairly quickly after that. But that's the only time my husband and I have to kind of sit and have an adult conversation with each other and really invest in our relationship and making sure that we're on the same page in terms of things with the kids and our household and all of these different kinds of things. So that would be sacrificing some social connection um, if I backed my bedtime up to allow for an earlier rise in the morning. And that may work for you. But for balance in my life, that is not consistent um, with a healthy, sustainable plan for me. So um, that's why I want you to really embrace the notion that there is no one size fits all. And I get asked all the time, what do you eat? You know, how much do you exercise? And what do you do for exercise? You know, what's your sleep routine and all these different kinds of things. And I'm always happy to share those. And when I do share them um, on social media or with a patient, it's not because I want you to copy me. It's because I want you to see that it can happen in lots of different ways, right? And that you can find balance in your life and investing in healthy habits by not being perfect and by not having to copy anybody that you see online, but by having a really realistic look at how it will fit in your day, right? And so you can start by just going, all right, I I wake up at this time and then what happens, right? And just write out a typical day and see where you can reclaim some minutes maybe for physical activity or where you can focus on putting together a healthier meal or maybe cutting the TV off a little bit sooner to get extra sleep. It's all going to look different for you depending on where you are in your health journey. And again, that very first question I asked at the beginning of the show is, What does healthy mean to you and your lifestyle plan, your attention to the food that you eat and your physical activity and all those other parts of lifestyle should point back to what healthy means for you, not what your weight is on a scale. I cannot tell you, I cannot emphasize that and more that you are more than a number on the scale and your worth is not dictated by the number of fruits and vegetables that you eat or how much you weigh or what your blood pressure is or the type of activity that you do. You you matter regardless of what your lifestyle is, but I want for you to live the life that you want. And that 
only happens when we have things in balance so that we're able to consistently, sustainably focus on ourself, right? And how we stay as healthy and as fit for as long as we can. If you didn't get your question in today, I'd love for you to email them to me. That's fit at mpbonline.org. And if you missed any parts of the show or any of our shows, you can go listen to them as a podcast. So you just search for Southern Remedy wherever you get your podcast, whatever your favorite platform is. And all of our shows are right there. So you go ahead and subscribe to it. That way you never miss an episode as well. Um, But you've been listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio, which is a production of MPB Think Radio and funded in part by a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center. You can also tune in every weekday at 11 a.m. for the full Southern Remedy lineup. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.